Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Previously on Alibi. And he's saying he just didn't commit this murder, but he was convicted for this murder. It was armed robbery, where in the armed robbery there was two, two murders. It's like I just want to go on and live my life and put all this, this chapter. It's a part of my life that I just want to put behind. I will send the things either with my brother or so, then you can arrange with him to get everything. Just as a warning, there are some graphic violent descriptions in this episode. And we advise if you have children or sensitive listeners to be aware of such material. I'm Freddie Mavitella and welcome to Alibi. This is episode two. Last week, we met Anthony DeFries for the first time. The crime that Anthony was convicted for was in 1994, close to South Africa's first democratic election. It involves the murder of two security guards outside a Czechos supermarket in Ferenaging, south of Johannesburg. Thousands of rands were stolen and never recovered. The police arrested three guys, and only Anthony was convicted. And still today, he says he is innocent after being in jail for 17 years. Really, during this story, we want to find out if this man, Anthony, is guilty or has really spent half his life in jail for nothing. And the guy investigating Anthony's case is journalist Paul McNally. You think this guy is innocent? Well, not exactly. I just don't think we should assume he's guilty just because he's been convicted. Anthony has this alibi, right? Which is quite hard to prove because in his story, he was hitchhiking to a job interview, got mugged and lands not so far from where the crime scene had just taken place. Yeah, basically he runs up to the police in this way and he gets rounded up as a suspect for these murders. And I believe his older brother could also give us all the paperwork to Anthony's case. Right, well, you'll remember from last week that Anthony was tortured brutally by the police when he was in high school. The ordeal lasted three weeks. They just drove him around in the back of their van, torturing him. And the man they were looking for when they tortured Anthony was actually his older brother, Selwyn. That's why I'm going to go visit Selwyn to retrieve Anthony's paperwork, his court records, his statements, photographs of the crime scene. This is so we can get a better sense of the case that was made towards Anthony in court. I am back in Ennerdale, a Facebook suburb with the odd kid on a bicycle. The squeaking you can hear on Mike, that's his wheelchair. Selwyn is a muscular man. He's ex-army. He pulls the black metal gate closed for me and spins his chair around to point back towards the house. Selwyn has been paralysed and in a wheelchair for years. As we move back towards the house, Selwyn immediately starts talking about Jacques Marais. This is the police officer who Anthony prosecuted and won a case against in the 80s for torturing him. 
And we were told last week that this was the same cop who was the investigating officer for the case of the security guard murders at the Chequers. It was the same guy, just years later. And in Anthony and Selwyn's minds, this gave the cop a clear motive to tamper with the case and put Anthony in jail. Because they knew the guys, because the guys, they tortured him. So he mentioned the names and he made uh, specific cases against the certain cops. So Maria was one of the cops that tortured him. And Maria is the same cop that, the case that he was sentenced for, the life sentence, was the investigating officer. Anthony has claimed that Warrant Officer Jacques Maria had a grudge against him. He said that evidence was scrambled, police lied, dockets were lost on purpose, and Maria, as a kind of revenge, has made sure Anthony stayed in jail forever. Is there any evidence that actually shows and pinpoints Jacques Maria's motives? Well, no, not yet. We have proof of the torture that Anthony went through. That's for sure. Okay, Selwyn shows me a statement of the case Anthony brought against the police for his torture while in high school. The statement mentions five police officers, and Marais is definitely one of them. It was opened at Brixton Murder and Robbery and dated the 15th of July, 1991. Anthony won the case, right? And he had some sort of compensation for it too. Yeah, Anthony won the case against the police, and he received 35,000 rand. Selwyn also shows me a letter dated the 24th of September 1992 from the state attorney. There's also an agreement from Anthony's lawyer. Here's Selwyn. In other words, when they pay you out, they say these guys were guilty. They are guilty of torturing you. In other words, this must go on his record or something. So that's why I say, uh, isn't that enough reason for somebody to, if he gets you somewhere, to say, you now have got you? And I'm going to show you what I can do. Until we know the extent or reach of Marais' influence on this case, we have to keep digging. Well, I was the one they were after, the cops. He was still young, he was in school. And I wasn't there. No, I was, I was on the run. I tell Selwyn that Anthony has told me that the police were after him because he was political, because he was fighting against apartheid. And I said that Anthony spoke very highly of his older brother's political actions. At the thought of being called political, Selwyn laughs. He laughs in my face. <laughs> I wasn't so political. I was a bank robber. Selwyn says he bought and sold a few guns for the PAC, which was a liberation movement during apartheid. But he admits it is a stretch to call him political. In his own words, he robbed banks for a living. <laughs> and this means that Anthony has lied to us. They were looking for me as if I was criminal number one. They were, they were hunting for me. And my family, like, protected me. I realised when the cops came looking for Selwyn in the late 80s and ended up torturing Anthony, they weren't looking for Selwyn because he was political. The police were after a murderer, and that's Selwyn. And Anthony was a murderer's brother. <laughs> I am gutted and, and kind of embarrassed and just can't help thinking that this whole family is just full of criminals. 
Selwyn starts to tell me why he went on the run from the police. It wasn't because he was political. It wasn't because he was fighting apartheid. To illustrate his story, for some reason, he points to a slice mark on the left hemisphere of his head. This guy chopped me with a, called it a bang. He chopped me and stabbed me in the neck and I asked him to back up because I had a 38. Told him to back up, please go, stop this, stop this. And he still came forward and I shot him. Okay. And what happened, he passed away. Selwyn must see that I'm confused, disappointed. And I think he can sense that I expected him to be something else. A man died, but not during a robbery. It was actually here in Ennerdale. And worse, it was during a high school function. When you say a school function, like a high school? High school function. I wasn't in school, but I just went to the function. Because the main thing, it was like a, to, just to support him, right? Because they were uh, having this function to raise funds in it. That's what he said, to raise funds, like a school cake sale. And one of these guys, you see those long Rambo knives? He was doing this with a Rambo knife, and I went and I took it from him, and I gave it into the door. He came with a panga, the guy that I took the knife from, and he hit me up. And him and his brothers came now to attack me. And so I they hit you with the panga because you took his panga away? Yeah, I took, it, uh, I took one away and they had another one. Okay. So he chopped me and I shot him and the guy passed away and the cops were after me for that and for the bank robber. This is why Selwyn wasn't around. This is why they took Anthony instead. Selwyn left this man dead at a high school function and went on the run. It was during this period that Anthony was tortured. Did he ever talk about what had happened with the police in those three weeks? You see, you see the main thing is, come to think of, we never, never talked about it. The only thing that he told me about it, he was locked up and he was tortured and we never went in deep into what happened in it. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car Pro Show. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself! Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. (laughs) 
the police finally caught up with Selwyn on August the 21st, 1990. And their meeting erupted into an incredible shootout. Because I was shot in 90, 1990. I was shot by the cops and I landed in a wheelchair. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. The shootout left Selwyn paralysed from the waist down, and his injuries were too severe for him to go to jail, so he went under police guard to hospital. Meanwhile, Anthony was out of school, still traumatised from his torture, and yet he was really trying to help his brother. He would visit Selwyn in hospital and just try to keep him company. He was trying to help me with my situation and... And I asked him to bring me a gun. And he said, no, he won't do it. Because I wanted to commit suicide. So, you don't have legs. Because losing your legs, I think that is the most important thing in a man's life. So there was a point when Anthony was coming to hospital to visit Selwyn, when Selwyn asked Anthony to bring him a gun so he could die in a vicious shootout with the police. For Selwyn, it was a suicide mission. He wanted out. My idea was there was a cop sitting here. And, I, and in my mind, I said, I'm going to call him. If my brother will bring me the gun, I'm going to shoot him and I'm going to shoot him, take the guns, and I'm going to go outside. This is while you're in hospital? While I was in, that's what I thought. Yeah. It's going to be the best suicide. I have a shootout with him and die for once. And despite Selwyn's insistence and anger, Anthony refused his older brother's wishes. He never, when he came and visit me in hospital, uh, the bed is like this. He used to stand there, the end of the bed, because he couldn't stand next to me because I would throw him or eat him because I asked him to do something for me and he didn't want to do it. And really, hearing this part of the story softens me towards Anthony. It makes me think that the brothers, Anthony and Selwyn, they care about each other, but they're not the same. And just because Selwyn was a bank robber, that does not mean Anthony was a criminal as well. Are you glad that he didn't bring you the gun? I made the most nicest, beautiful woman in my life. Got a son, got a grandchild. Accepted the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in my life. Yeah. So, even in this wheelchair, life is going on. Instead of staging a shootout, the way Selwyn got away from police guard while in hospital was he had a medical emergency. And then they thought I'm going to die. So they released me to my mother because I had a very big uh, bed so. Selwyn was close to death. And his family... They nursed him back to health. I was found guilty of uh, capable homicide and unlicensed firearm. And I paid, I paid a fine. So it's dead. I suddenly feel that someone really wants me to know the extent and the lasting damage that these torturers have done to him, physically and emotionally. There was one friend of mine. He was a cop. I can't say he's a friend. He's uh, somebody that I know. And he used to work at Brixton. And always when he talk, he was, he's an Indian guy. 
always when he talk and he talk like when he start talking about how they used to shock people then they used to tell him stop this because it's pain that starts all over again it's something that you your mind reflect back to here this guy is bragging about this as Selwyn and I sit across from each other in his lounge, he suddenly wants to explain to me where he's coming from. He shifts higher in his chair and says years before he was shot, he was arrested for, you know, another bank job. But this is when they really had their way with him. The main thing why I went so crazy is I was caught for one, one bank job and I was tortured very, very badly. If you torture somebody, they take a, like, it's, it's something like a, a condom. They put it around your penis, put the wire in. You make it. Take a tube, your hands are fastened. This leg is loose. This leg is fastened on the chair. Mm-hmm. Then they pull it, and they throw water on it. Then they shock you. Then they chip you. In other words, you can't breathe. So the shock and the breathe, you want air. So they shock your penis. They shock you, they shock you. And they say you must dislike, you must eat like this and say whether you're going to talk. Yeah. And if you don't talk, they keep on shocking you. I passed out like it, I passed out. I wet myself, I shook myself. They did it over and over and over again. And that's why I say, if you talk about, if somebody can do that to somebody else, even if you pass out and they go on. What kind of a person is it? Anthony has been understandably reluctant to tell me about what his torture has done to him. But hearing his brother's account on what they did to him gives me a pretty good idea. And it turns our conversation back to Anthony. Once we're talking about Anthony, Selwyn brings out all the paperwork. Is it from more from... 94. It's every, uh, everything, uh, everything is there. The whole, his whole case is there. There are several large bound dossiers, all in plastic shopping bags. This is Anthony's case in paper form. Selwyn squirms at a picture of one of the dead security guards. Jeez, is that one of the guys who was shot? He was shot. I don't like to look at pictures like that. Now, I admit the picture is gruesome. The guard's face is mutilated and blood has dyed his bushy beard red. But I find Selwyn's discomfort quite surprising considering how he boasted just a few moments ago about his violent past. He was telling me about how he shot a man. Still, his squirming is sincere. Selwyn keeps digging through the bags of paperwork and flicking to various photos to show me. We rummage through the documents and open up one of the dossiers on a photo of Anthony as a young man, just as he's being arrested. See, isn't Whoa. What is... Can you describe that? Is that him? That's Anthony, yeah. But where... What, where's... What's all the blood from? So... He, but I mean, so he's he's got his face is covered in blood. Yeah. In the photo, Anthony has black, well-kept curls, 
and is completely covered in blood. It is like he has been painted red. I don't know whether it was hit by the cops. Oh, this is not nice. So they found him and he, and he had this blood on him. He was either hit by the cops or he was in a robbery. I'm not sure. That's why I say uh, you have to speak to him because I don't know whether he was hit by the cops or whether he was was dead due to the the robbery incident. Mm. So that's why we have to speak to him. According to Anthony, the blood on his face in the photo was his own from being assaulted with a bottle during the mugging and being hit by the police at the scene. Now, this makes sense according to his story. Selwyn then passes me a photo of the dark blue BMW 5 Series sedan. The BMW has clearly been in a crash and it is a twist of metal. Selwyn tells me that Anthony was convicted as the driver of this dark blue BMW. And according to the police, it was involved somehow in this murder and robbery. Because that's what Anthony was in jail for, wasn't it? It was cash and transit as well. Yeah. Is that why they suspected him? Because you'd had a history of that? No, that was... No, no, no. You see, what? I think so. Yeah, could be. No. Could be. Because he was never involved in anything like that. And then he was never involved in any, any armed robbery. I think because of his criminal family, there is this urge for people around Anthony to paint him as being so saintly. And it comes across as disingenuous. It makes it worse. So the court found that the BMW was involved in the crime and Anthony was driving the car. Exactly. Right. He's the driver of the BMW. That's the state's story. Here's me speaking to Anthony. The BMW that you see there is a car that they say that the guys were supposed to travel in. Guys from the, from the armed robbery. The crashed BMW, Anthony says he had never seen, up to the point when he was photographed standing right next to it. The statements by the police at trial said that Anthony was spotted driving the BMW. The police said that they tried to pull the BMW over and it sped off, crashed into a truck spectacularly, and then the driver fled from the wreckage on foot. There is a photo among the paperwork of the inside of the BMW. The photo is grainy as it was taken on film before digital. And the shot is specifically of the BMW's dashboard. And the dashboard is covered in something that looks like blood. It looks like the driver has bled all over the inside of the car. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The Car Pro Show podcast is available on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify. I can't take my husband anywhere. He's constantly behaving like a five-year-old, snorting, joking, yapping with strangers. It's so embarrassing. But the one period when he's fully engrossed in anything is if he's listening to the Car Pro Show podcast. Here they are now on the Car- 
CarPro Show. He gets to hear Jerry and Kevin share all the latest and greatest news and information about the CarPro Friends universe, reviews and commentary on all the newer vehicle lineups from every major brand, stories and testimonials about ultimate car buying experiences through CarPro.com, and certified CarPro Friends at dealers nationwide. My only regret is when this two-hour break from you-know-who ends. Save yourself. Grab some me time by tuning into the CarPro Show podcast on your device anytime, anywhere. Listen to the CarPro Show on iHeart, Apple, and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by CarPro.com, where you now have a friend in the car buying business. CarPro.com. I flip over from the blood-stained BMW a couple of pages, and I see Anthony, and he is red all over as well. Now, This is not conclusive by any means, but I have to say, I feel like it does not look good, especially with the photos right next to each other. It makes me sick thinking how to tackle each side of this story and sicker looking at all the blood on these photos. I need more info on how the BMW was involved in the crime, and this hopefully will lead to more evidence on Anthony's injuries. As I follow Selwyn out of his house and across his driveway, he explains to me how I should think about making a movie of his life. So how would you open your movie? What's the opening scene? (laughs) Now I'll go back to my childhood where I grew up. You see, uh, when we grew up, uh, we didn't grow up with everything in our lives. My father was a very strict guy. He was very strict. I never stole anything until the age of 21. Yeah. The first thing I stole was helping somebody to steal something out of somebody else's yard. I went and helped these guys steal that thing. And that was the first thing I stole in my life. And after that, oh. Did you get caught for that though? No, I was never caught for it. Because I didn't steal it, those guys stole it. I yeah. just helped them. But the main thing, my father brought us up that he always used to tell us, if you steal anything, I'll burn your hands on the, on the, on the, on the fire, on the, uh, the, the plate of a stove. Yeah. I'll burn your hands. So don't ever steal something. And that's the way we, we grew up. We hated people that goes to prison and guys that rape people. We hated people like that. We hated criminals. Yeah. And... I became one of the worst. Now, we've learned a couple of things in the past two episodes. One of the things that we've learned is that Selwyn was a bank robber, which now taints Anthony's reputation. Yeah, it does, if you look at it in that way. But perhaps look at the fact that Anthony didn't bring his brother a gun while he was in hospital. Now, surely that makes us realise that we have to be careful when judging people just because of their relatives. But we also have to consider the fact that Anthony lied to us. Yeah, Anthony definitely lied to us. And I feel that this fact is going to taint this story, well, until it ends. Anthony told us that Selwyn was political, that he worked against apartheid. And that's why the cops were after him. And this wasn't true. It wasn't true at all. What do you think about Anthony being the driver of the BMW? Well, okay. 
it doesn't look as good for Anthony as it did at the end of last week's episode. The important thing to remember at this point is nothing conclusive is linking Anthony to the BMW. And we still don't know how or to what extent even the BMW was involved with the murder of the security guards. So what can we expect in the next episode of Alibi? I have to visit the murder scene. I have to investigate the checkers where these men died. And also, I need to confront Anthony over why he lied to us. If we don't get that answer, we, we can't go anywhere from here. All this is in the next episode of Alibi. So don't miss it. You've been listening to Alibi. This is the show that will investigate a single criminal case over eight weeks. I'm Freddie Mabitella, and Alibi is investigated, produced, and written by Paul McNally. It is brought to you by the Vitz Justice Project, Vitz Radio Academy, and is part of the Citizen Justice Network. Editorial oversight was given by Franz Kruger and Nusheen Afani. Extra scripting and production by Elna Schutz. Mixed by Kutwano Serame. Additional editorial help by Gavin Haynes, Tom McNally, and Kyla Hemmonson. We are based in Johannesburg, South Africa. You can find our podcast on alibi.org.za or on iTunes. Join us next week for episode three of Alibi, the show that will investigate a single criminal case over eight weeks. Next time on Alibi, Paul seeks some advice on Anthony's lie. The people you're dealing with are behind bars, but he has to be very careful of what he tells you and how much he discloses to you and the manner in which he discloses it to you because uh, he's manipulating you in, in, in some way. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.